0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cast Conversations. As always, here I am, joined with the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Philip Schwartz. Very
1: glad to be here, and of course today we have a guest on our show. Uh, we have on with us Josh, who had actually a plethora of positions that uh, he worked with the Walt Disney Company. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let him. Uh, say what all he did but Josh we're very glad to have you on here
2: yeah hi guys thank you for having me I appreciate it and um haven't done this before but um have listened to podcasts before and wanted to try it out
0: awesome, awesome. yeah it's 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 a good time so I'm, I'm sure you're gonna enjoy it and hopefully this will yeah. branch on to being on new episodes or new shows so yeah maybe um Walk us through the beginning. So how did you get your foot into the door for the company?
2: Um, Well, I started off, um, you know, I've always been a fan of Disney. I've always loved Disney, always loved the parks, Um, had, you know, been lucky enough to go several times when I was younger, Um, you know, always had aspirations to eventually be working for Disney uh, in my career and everything eventually as well. So... um, when i got to college ended up meeting who is now my wife uh we were dating and she had said something about she was going to a meeting that one of her friends told her about for the disney college program and that was actually oddly enough the first time i had heard of it um and this was probably i think around like 2002 2003 so it's been a while but um We, you know, she went to the meeting, she came back with some information, we did some research, and we thought to ourselves, we both of us wanted to do it, but we didn't want to push it. We didn't want to push our education off a little bit. Um, So we had kind of done some research into what the capabilities are of doing it like just after graduating, and had actually found that as long as you are accepted while you are a full-time student or um, I believe part-time student, you can still do your program and actually do two programs. So technically, I could have extended rather than just doing fall of 2006, I could have done spring of 2007 as well, Mm. Um, but which I in a way did, and I can get into that then, but that was essentially what started i was we you know applied when we were seniors and had planned to do it the fall of 2006 went after we graduated and just as something you know to kind of do and experience before we went out into the workforce yeah Um, but still we're able to complete our schooling in one you know solid chunk So that's what worked out for us. I know there's plenty of people that, you know, they prefer having that little break in there. You can do plenty of classes and things like that, that actually, depending on what uh, school you're at, what field you're going into and, you know, major you're in, you can actually take lots of different classes and stuff to actually get credit at your college. So it's something that, you know, it works out for a lot of people. But for us, this was the way that we did it. That's how I started. My first position was all I knew going down was I was going to be attractions. Mm. Um, my wife had wanted to be merchandise, but the person interviewing her was like, I really think you'll be good for attractions. And so they stuck her in that. Um, it wasn't exactly what she wanted, but she was still going in with an open mind. Awesome. So awesome. That's a- I ended up at. Uh, I ended up at Sunset Boulevard Attractions, and then once I got to my training, I found out that I was going to be working what was called Pack Fantasmic, Parade Audience Control and Fantasmic. Um, I did also work a little bit at the uh, Theater of the Stars, where Beauty and the Beast is, and basically was essentially like a crowd control kind of a thing. you know, we manage the theater side of it, rather than the actual entertainment or performances and stuff like that.
1: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's that. Uh, that already is a lot, and I I know you haven't even gotten through everything yet. Uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so going going down there, uh, mm-hmm. where where you and uh, your your now now wife hoping mm-hmm. to possibly get uh something maybe just in the same park or anything like that um
2: i think we were just kind of open to whatever we were we ended up you know making sure that we we both picked the same uh same housing unit um Mm -hmm. so i mean we were both at vista way um and you know, that was perfectly fine. It was kind of the cheapest option and everything. So that Mm -hmm. was one benefit is that we didn't have as much taken out of our paychecks every week and stuff like that for housing. Um, But yeah, aside from that, we kind of were like, you know, whatever. We'll, we're open to being wherever. Um, She ended up getting attractions, probably the worst spot for somebody who wasn't looking to be in attractions Um, she ended up with Fantasyland East attractions. Oh, yeah. So she was, uh, at the time it was Winnie the Pooh, Teacups and Snow White. Um, and Mm. yeah, she, there were pieces she enjoyed. Um, but there were definitely, obviously a lot more, uh, situations that came up we'll just leave it that way um -hmm. situations that came up seeing as she was in the most uh popular and busiest park and probably the busiest location for uh any of the parks
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and she and she got to wear the uh the big costume as well those big poofy poofy (laughs) costumes (laughs) um but yeah, so what what was it like actually? So you said you worked a little bit the theater for uh, Beauty yeah. and the Beast. What what was that kind of like uh, in your operations? Go, you well, having to, having to go off of like a performance whereas a ride just
2: constantly going it's nonstop. But. Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. And that's where one of the big things differences between both of our experiences were. For mm-hmm. her, she was stuck at her positions. She couldn't didn't really have the flexibility to move about and have, you know, real real good interactions with guests. I mean, there were little ones in passing and stuff, but it was a lot more stress for her. Um, whereas for me, I had, especially when I had, which the bulk of my shifts, shifts were, um, the pack phantasmic shifts and Mm -hmm. we had a lot more downtime. Um, we had a lot more time for the entire team, like that working that day was able to kind of bond a little bit more. Um, we what that kind of a shift looked like was we would always be coming in the same time, virtually the same time. Cause obviously it's the three o'clock breed. Um, yes. I was asked that question several times. And, <laughs> you know, that's always, that it, it's great that they even made a t-shirt. What time is the three o'clock breed? Um, Cause <laughs> it came up more than you would expect. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> basically we would go in, uh, we would go, to our trailer, which was kind of off to the side between Tower of Terror and Fantasmic Theater, um, we just went into a little trailer. We got our position for the day um, for the parade. Uh, we would go out to the parade route and you know go to our spec- specified position. And at that point, we just kind of waited. We interacted with guests. We uh, we were essentially free to move around a bit. So if a guest did need, you know, a little bit of help finding something, we could technically walk them to it. Um, We just needed to make sure to obviously let one of the people nearby know that they were going to watch the area or whatever. Um, So I I definitely had a lot more freedom to do stuff like that. Uh, Whereas, you know, working, attractions like the you know the rides themselves that was a lot more of here's your spot you have to stand here especially when you were working um Mm -hmm. at the consoles and things like that it was a lot more liability whereas for me you know it was liability of you know stop people from running across in front of the vehicles um and performers but at the same time you know it was less stressful because I could interact with them a lot more. So it was something that I really came out of my shell with that. I was definitely more shy than I have been since then. But, um, you know, it, it it opened me up. I had a really great time with it. Once you did the parade, then you would go basically to dinner. Um, and when you clocked back in, you got your position for the theater in the evening. So. You know, it was everybody kind of ate at the same time. Everybody came in at the same time. Everybody left at about the same time. So I really got to be close with a lot of the people I worked with. Um, And even people that were part-time and full-time at that location were saying that our group that we had during that contract was unlike anything that they had before or after. We just really got along well. Um, there rarely was any kind of issues people always were supporting each other and um, so yeah it overall was kind of a best case scenario for me
1: yeah that's that's really good that's that's very good it worked out for you like that yeah Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit here I know Mm -hmm. you you told us that you also uh did slide ops in water parks so you want to tell us kind of how you transitioned yeah
2: that or her, like what, how that started um that actually was my third position um with disney um i th- i can get into the second position because that's a whole other uh realm of things but it was a professional internship so mm. um similar in the sense that it was part of, you know, the, the umbrella of college program and professional internships. Um, but the slide op position was my first actual part-time position with them. Um, and that was, we actually, when we got married in 2008, we had moved down there about a month before our wedding. And um, obviously my goal being to work for Disney again in my career, which is graphic design. um, You can't really do that from Pennsylvania. So we ended up moving down to Florida for that Mm. reason. And just because, you know, we wanted to enjoy, you know, living near the parks and all that kind of stuff and do it while we didn't have as much uh, holding us down to home. Um, We still had flexibility and things like that. So we ended up moving down there in 2008. I had gotten a part-time job as slide ops. That was unfortunately the only position available at the time um, for me to go into. And I was like, all right, I'm open to it. So I was mainly positioned at Typhoon Lagoon. Um, but once, you know, the winter came and they would shut down a park for a few months um, I did shift over to Blizzard beach and worked there a little bit personally personally. I like Lizard Beach better as a guest, um, and I enjoyed it more as a cast member as well. Um, but I mean, that's obviously personal preference that I you know just enjoy that park a little bit more. But slide ops—the way that I describe it to everybody—is lifeguarding without actually saving people. <laughs> That's the easiest way to put it. Um, I mean, we were, we were never positioned in a location where there was a pool of water. Um, we, we were positioned mainly at the top of slides, at the bottom of the body slides, things like that. Um, the closest that I had to being in a pool of water was when we would be working the, um, the top of some of the tube rides where you had to help people Get onto the tube and things like that, um, so that was kind of the closest we had to any kind of possibility that somebody could go into a major situation that we weren't necessarily trained for.
0: So between Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, you said mm-hmm. that you liked Blizzard Beach more. Um, yeah. Which one would you say was more crowded between the two? Like did that play a part into um, your your favoritism?
2: Um, I don't think so, because it'd be hard to really compare them that way for my time, seeing as the times when I was there was in the winter months. So it's very, um, it was, while it may not be as cold as it was up in here in Pennsylvania, most of the time, we still did have plenty of times where, it was much colder than the bulk of the public would want to go swimming in. Mm. Um, We did see a lot more more people that were used to colder climates during those times. So there were days where we were close to closing because of the fact that we were like, you know, 40 degrees out that day. (laughs) But people still were going into the water and going into the slides and things like that. And I just, I was amazed at that. But to each their own, everybody's right. will do something different, you know? So
0: um, I noticed that when I was there, I don't know if this is just a psychological thing, but since yeah. Blizzard Beach is set up to be like a winter wonderland, I always yeah. felt more comfortable temperature wise within Blizzard Beach because I was seeing snow, I was seeing all these things, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to the Franklin Lagoon, which is this. Um, castaway like tropical more tropical feel to it yeah, yeah. and i i always um, felt like the heat was more
2: intense at um typhoon lagoon typhoon yeah i i definitely can see where that you know idea comes from and i'm sure there is a uh you know psychological you know concept behind all of that um i know based off of my experience with you know having to do the you know opening duties of cleaning the sand and setting out uh the loungers and things like that um typhoon lagoon is a lot more open and doesn't have as much shade whereas blizzard beach i think probably the imagineers just knowing how intense their thought process is made it more shady to make it feel cooler because there's definitely a lot more shade at Blizzard Beach than there is at Typhoon Lagoon
0: yeah and yeah. one of my favorite things to do is, uh, this is so dumb but like when you're going up the <laughs> tube slide for mm-hmm. Typhoon Lagoon and you get that chance to look out over the entire water park, yeah, it truly looks like you're surrounded by just trees on this castaway island
2: exactly, yep so Yeah, they, they definitely, you know, obviously we always know imagineering goes above and beyond expectations with with things, but they definitely they definitely succeed with that.
0: They, they really do. So um really quickly, we're gonna toss it to a break. Um you all get to yes. hear from our sponsors, not too many. It's just Phil and I, I think, talking this time, but um listen to those really quickly if you want to skip past two minutes. All right, we'll see you in a bit. And we are back. So I think we left off. We were just talking about Imagineering, but um, let's put it over to um, your your role in the dream. Tell you you want to talk about sure. um, what you did, what it was. Give us the whole the whole shebang.
2: Yeah. So um, during my time living in Florida, I my full time job was actually working at an Office Max. Um, being a graphic designer, I was, you know, the head of their impress department um, at a new store in Hunter's Creek area. And while I was there, um, I actually needed to help figure out filling a, a position for one of my employees and had gotten this application for um, for a gentleman who was around my age, but had worked for Disney um, custodial, and then had this list of graphic design positions with Disney. And it immediately struck me I'm like, I said to my uh, assistant store manager, I'm like, this is the guy we need to hire. And it ended up being that, you know, him and I got along really well. We had a lot of things in common, interests in common, and things like that. Um, he was really knowledgeable, and he had actually worked for Disney Cruise Line previously um in a role on the classic ships the the magic and the wonder called the guest communication coordinator um once we had moved back up to pennsylvania um about nine-ish months later i had gotten a message from him saying hey just wanted to offer this to you and you know see if you were interested in this um Disney Cruise Line is doing, you know, this new position in their print shop on board the Dream, which is still in the process of being built. And (laughs) they had approached him asking if he would be interested in the role. Um, But he was really content and happy with where he was in the company otherwise. And on land, he was kind of um, in the next phase of his life, he felt, and didn't want to go back to ship life. so he had asked me knowing how much I wanted to get back with Disney and, you know, do my, you know, fields with Disney. So Mm -hmm. he had, you know, mentioned it to me. I talked with my wife a bit about it and I'm like, well, the least I can do is apply. Who knows if I'll even get, you know, you know, get offered a position. Um, so we'll see what happens. And at that point we'll discuss it more. Um, went through sending the application, filling out you know any forms I needed to, and ended up getting a call back for interviews, had a secondary interview, and I believe possibly a third one, um, but ended up being offered the position. Um, there was a lot of logistics and a lot of thought that needed to go into accepting the position because obviously there is a lot of time spent away from your family and your home when you work on a ship so yeah it it was a big decision and from what my understanding was there was some adjustment of their plan to try and help it work out for me (laughs) um i don't know how extreme you know the the measures were that they made adjustments or whatever but i ended up being offered a position as the guest communications manager um essentially i was the manager of the print shop on board handling the um the personal navigator which is the the daily schedule of events and things like that that gets put in the guest's cabin every single day um but we also were having some new screens on board where, you know, they had some screens in on the classic ships showing what events were happening in certain locations, but they were having considerably more screens to manage. So that's why they wanted to make the new role. Um, they wanted to have somebody kind of take a lot of the managerial Responsibilities off of the coordinator to allow them to focus more on the navigator. Um, And then the manager can manage the print shop itself with supplies and um, taking on orders from departments in the ship and things like that. Um, So that's what the role ended up being. I was lucky enough to be one of the crew members that they actually flew me down um, to Orlando, uh, give me a rental car, give me, you know, a place to stay at, I believe it was all-star movies. Um, and initially I was meant to go on a cruise on each, the magic and the wonder to just kind of shadow the coordinator on board and, um, you know, experience what a what to expect when I got to the dream, and we actually started cruising and things like that. Um, unfortunately, though, it was Thanksgiving week that they were going to send me down, and I was like, "All right, this is kind of unexpected to begin with. So, is there any way that I can be home for Thanksgiving and come down right after?" Um, so that's what they ended up being flexible and said, "Okay, come in on Friday." Um, on you know Black Friday, we'll, we'll fly you down. On Saturday, you'll meet the magic. On Sunday, you'll meet the wonder. From the wonder, I went straight to the airport and got on a plane and flew to London Gatwick for a layover and then flew from there to Amsterdam. Stayed in a hotel for a few days in Amsterdam while I took my traditions class. And then from there, they bust us up to Bremerhaven, Germany, <laughs> where the ship was. Wow. So it was an adventure. That's my first time truly being outside the country. I've been on a cruise before and been to Nassau. I've been to Niagara Falls, but beyond that, had never been outside the country. And it was definitely an experience to uh, go on your own and have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> So, so
1: let let me let me see if I understood you right. So you did your traditions outside of the country?
2: Yes, my traditions class was done off of a highway just outside of Amsterdam. Wow,
1: that was yeah. that's interesting because I know part of the traditions course is to take the tour and experience those four keys. So, uh, yeah. So, what, so um, was it a little for, different
2: for cruise line? It's a little bit different. Obviously, they have the basics of the company um, and the history of the company and things like that. It's especially important because there are so many crew members that are from outside the country. Um, So there's a lot of cultures that weren't exposed to Disney in the way that Americans or, you know, certain other countries were. Um, So it was definitely interesting. Um, We had a few people or or a few crew members that were in my traditions class that were Mm -hmm. actually mm, essentially working for the company that they use for laundry on board. And they were all from, I believe, China. Um, So unfortunately, none of them really spoke English at all. So I don't know how much they got out of it, but they had to be there (laughs) anyways. So it was that's, interesting, that's interesting, you know, some <laughs> differences that, some differences that you don't really think of when you think of working in the parks and taking a traditions class there. Um, right. It's definitely a different experience taking a uh, cruise line traditions. Um, so, but overall, I mean, I, I was familiar with a lot of things already, um, but there were plenty of people that I was training with that had very little knowledge compared to, um, you know, possibly what other people might have had. Um, And it was people from all over the ship as far as what departments they were working in. Um, Mostly it was, you know, dining and beverage and housekeeping. Um, But there were some people from entertainment there and things like that. Um, So there's definitely some differences you can notice about the uh the more common aspects of each role. Um but that's a whole you know dissertation I could get into with that. (laughs) Um but yeah it it was definitely an interesting experience. We were only meant to be there for essentially like two nights um Mm. or one night really and then have our traditions class and then go on our bus to the port unfortunately it was winter and so there was snow and things like that and unrelated our bus that was supposed to be taking us had broke down so we ended up having to stay another night at that hotel um and possibly more but we didn't even know it was really up in the air all we knew was we had to move rooms and that had to be kind of figured out. So we sat in the lobby for quite a while waiting for that all to be figured out. So it was an experience for sure. But the bus ride, we kind of went just before dawn to leave and the bus ride through all the, you know, various countrysides that we went through was incredible. Um, We went through the Netherlands and, you know, you obviously see all of the, um, the giant wind turbines and, you know, all these different things. Um, One of the most memorable things for me was there was like a bridge that we went over that was essentially like a land bridge, but there was stone, like large stones on either side. And because of how cold it was, the water splashing up on them had frozen and had just like, at sunrise, the light was hitting it. It was incredible so my experience from being over in a new country for the first time was uh definitely memorable memorable
0: it sounds like it that's that's phenomenal um phil and i were uh we we have a chat up and we were saying that can't see any of that in illinois
2: (laughs) um so i mean um, even in pennsylvania you know we get cold but it's the closest that we get to it is when you know people splash some water up on some uh some plants on the side of the road and that freezes and that's kind of the closest that you get to something like this. So. Sure.
0: <laughs> so um maybe uh let's see. You mentioned okay, so we kind of went through all the the roles. So how about we throw it to some trivia and uh see how you can do with a little typhoon or um Blizzard Beach trivia. Sure. All right, Phil you want to start it off with question one?
1: Yeah. Uh it's not it's not all Blizzard Beach trivia.
0: Oh, I, I read the I read the last one, and then yeah. <laughs> just assume they're all.
1: Uh, so the the first one's typhoon, actually. Uh, so yes. do, you, do you know how tall uh, Mount Mayday is,
2: including the ship or not?
0: That's a I good question. Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, I would assume. No, honestly, it. I I could not tell you an exact height, um, but I'm going to assume and take a guess um that it's somewhere around like 120 120 not, feet somewhere far around there. off actually uh 95 feet kind
0: okay of. so yeah i think i knew it was nowhere near
2: obviously like the castle and you know the right. 199 feet that you know the castle sure. and tower of terror and all those are but yeah they, um, they do a pretty good job making yeah.
0: that look taller than it is so exactly um, yes so um, I actually got a backstage tour of Phantasmic, so they talked about this, but do you know how much water the moat in Phantasmic holds? So I'll give you some multiple choice. It's either okay. 1.9 million gallons, 1.15 million gallons, or 1.20. I'm
2: going to say 1.15
1: it's actually 1.9 1.9 1. 9. Okay. Jer- jeremy threw you off with the uh the low one <laughs> that yeah three. it's all good it's
2: all good <laughs> well, no I mean, yeah that, that's
1: a lot of water
0: yes it, is a lot it water. definitely and is i they were talking about how if they need to they can they can unfill oh no i don't want to give that because i i'm gonna say the wrong amount of time they were like they can unfill it in like 24 hours or something like that but like Oh,
2: I I believe it. Yeah, they can. I, feel like I guarantee they, feel they can pump it out quick, fast. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so then, um, our random little interjection, if I can. Um, my training, when you know I first got there, it was mm-hmm. me and one other guy, and during that time, they actually were doing a tech run through of the show. So we each got to take turns on some of the lifts for the show. Oh. Cool. So it was actually really cool. Aside from being able to see and actually touch the Maleficent dragon head, was really cool and a highlight for me. But um, I I rode up with the cauldron, and I actually rode the Maleficent lift when she's rising up and transforming into the dragon and wow,
0: everything. That's fantastic! That's fantastic, so, if you will.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it was it was definitely fantastic. It was a very memorable experience and. Um, very cool to experience. So.
0: That's that's awesome. Um so finally for our last trivia, uh how many mm-hmm. lanes are on the toboggan racers?
2: Toboggan racers was 8. Yes, you are right. Yeah. So, and that was again, I'm I'm glad you brought that one up because that was my favorite position to be uh or favorite rotation to go in. Really? Because we actually we would start Or the start of that rotation was, you know, mainly the toboggan or the the mat slides. Um, But when you were at the top of the toboggan racers, you your next position was the bottom. If you can envision where the walkways are, there's no path to go straight down to the bottom. You had to walk all the way around the other toboggan or the other uh, mat slide. And so it would take quite a few minutes. As an alternative, they had always said, if you are able to and there's not like a insane massive line, then you can actually ride the mat and the toboggan racers with the next group that goes down to get to the next position. Hmm. So that was fun because that was the only slide position that you could ever do that on. Um, Obviously, I took advantage of that unless it was like 30 degrees. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, There was one time specifically, there were a group of kids that kept coming up and racing each other. And I was trying to give them tips (laughs) and pointers on how to hold it to go faster. And they, you know, came up and at the time that I was being bumped to the next position and I'm like, all right, guys, I, I guarantee you, I will go to the end of the slide. They're like, no way, no way. So I ended up going down and they were just like blown away and so excited. And it was one of those (laughs) memorable moments. So,
1: yeah, that's always awesome. Always awesome to make those for sure. Yeah. Uh, So now I guess we will move on to our final Disney questions, kind of our speed round Disney questions. Uh, So starting it off, uh, what are your top three favorite Disney movies in no order?
2: Top three Disney movies. I'm going to have to separate it out and just say Disney, no Pixar, because that's okay. obviously a whole other realm of things. But um, top three Disney movies um, Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely one of my favorites. Um, going with a classic, I would have to say I really enjoy Robin Hood.
0: Mm.
2: And um, for something a little bit more recent, it's a tough choice between moana and Racket Ralph. ralph
1: hmm, i like those those are those are different for sure i about a month ago i actually watched robin hood for the first time uh, yeah i enjoyed it it was good
2: yeah it's it's a good one i i enjoy that mm-hmm.
1: definitely and uh so now going on to the second question mm-hmm. what is your
2: or who is your favorite disney character Again, really tough to decide on one character. Um, (laughs) I would say I have to, I feel like I just have to stick with the Fab Five. Um, And we'd say Goofy is most likely the uh, top character.
1: Yeah, I, I like, excuse me, I like that answer as well. Uh, we we actually don't get a lot of the uh, Fab Five main Disney characters. Uh, yeah, said too much. So yeah, that's yeah. That's cool. There's
2: definitely plenty of other characters that I love. Um, I tend to really fall in love with some of the uh, secondary characters, or you know, the, the comic relief of things. Um, sure. For example, in Up, a uh, Doug is by far my favorite in that one. Um, I know he's still one of the more main characters, but my other favorite Pixar film is WALL-E. And my favorite character in that is Mo. Um, he's <laughs> yeah. the little the little cleaning bot. Yeah. And um, I absolutely love that little guy. He's hilarious to me. So
1: Yeah, I, I love when he sees all the foreign contaminant and he just yep, freaks and out. he's like, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah
1: that's uh, that's good uh so then uh next question is who who is your favorite disney princess
2: disney princess Mm -hmm. probably i'll have to say Ariel. um reasoning for that i I always felt like i enjoyed the little mermaid a lot as a kid but then Mm -hmm. i obviously have i'm feel obligated to say that at this point because um my wife is a redhead and my son <laughs> is a redhead as well um so obviously they have a connection i've got some red beard hair but that's about the extent of my red hair so
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's fine. did you did you see the live action or not live but uh the live yeah. musical i guess
2: i have not seen the you mean the like the broadway show correct? yeah or, or like yeah. the it was on oh, they aired it, it on abc on tv one yeah yeah one. um sadly well i don't know if you want to say sadly or how you want to perceive it but no i did not actually watch the whole thing saw plenty of reaction to it um namely flounder um but no i did not actually Mm -hmm. watch the show
1: yeah it was it was interesting jeremy and i always talk about how uh it's it's weird that they how they kind of just went back and forth between movie and uh, yeah real life
2: that's, that's what I heard, and it's something that I've meant to watch. um I'll have to add that to my list as well mm. now, um but yeah, I hadn't <laughs> actually seen it when it was live
1: and then, so, what are your favorite two Disney songs?
2: Songs I'm going to say. Tough choices, tough questions. It is is a tough Um, (laughs) choice. It's always hard. Anytime people ask me for my favorite Disney anything, I'm like, it's so hard to narrow down. Um, I'm going to say I kind of have to go with um, I'll Make a Man Out of You. and um, I'm trying to think of what the name is from the song. Or from the from Hercules, I know. Obviously, sure. it's can't be my favorite. No, not go to the go the distance. Um, Zero to hero.
0: Ah, mm. uh, yeah. The muses, the muses Just enjoy that. Go off in that song. Yeah. Then uh finally. Mean,
2: Hunchback has some great songs too. Um, if you follow along on my Instagram, you'll you can even look back in Instagram TV. We have uh, our own little rendition of uh lip syncing to go the or out there and uh that got some positive feedback on that one. we'll check that out. So. Listeners,
0: go check that out. That that sounds yeah. fun. Um yeah, so, so then finally fun. our favorite question um mm-hmm. what ride do you think has the best cue? So uh, best to stand in, best to look at, however you justify it.
2: Best cue. Hmm. i guess thinking about ones i've actually stood in um i'm gonna say uh toy story mania just because there is definitely a lot to look at and so much of it is recognizable from my own childhood so um yeah i i think that would be the one that's kind of the most memorable and sticks out the most for me
0: yeah that's a that's a good one um it's that's probably one of our top two most common answers so i mm-hmm. it's understandable why it's said because it's it's um exactly yeah they put so much into it so i
2: Whoa, unfortunately look. have never ridden um flight of passage i know people really like that cue oh, that hurt me. um <laughs> yeah i know i know it's unfortunately our last trip we didn't make it to animal kingdom we could only choose three parks and uh hadn't been to toy story land or uh galaxy's edge so we had to pick um pick that one and my son picked epcot rather than animal kingdom so um that's kind of where we went that way but prior to that we could only get one fast pass when my son was 2 and um that obviously was Going to end up being the uh, river journey the Navi river journey instead of the thrill ride. so we did not get a chance to ride that yet
0: oh hopefully hopefully next time
2: yes, hopefully
0: so um with that that'll that'll do it that's that's okay. the end. I never know how to wrap up this show. Um, <laughs> thank you to our listeners for being here um, of course, Josh, thank you for being here. This is awesome. We, we got to hear our, a lot about. Um a bunch of different things you did. You've got quite the resume. Yep. I'm sure our listeners yeah, will be very guys impressed. For having was, me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, of course. So, um, listeners, talk to you soon. I, I seriously I never know how to wrap this thing up. All <laughs> right. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye everyone. <laughs>